Hello and welcome to Renewing Your Mind, a web-based ministry of South Bay Community Church located in Fremont, California. It is our prayer that today's broadcast will be a blessing to you. Let us prepare our hearts to hear the word of the Lord. Two interesting things happened to me in the last couple of days as I was trying to finish the sermon. One, I wanted to see what people were saying about Mother's Day. And two, I was thinking about this issue of relationships and what's at the core of us having healthy, vibrant relationships. And two things really came out to me that uh, converged in this one principle that I think we have trouble with our relationships because we don't really value other people. It's a question of the value that we place on the person that we are uh, in relationship with. And, and, you know, I love that, I love that video uh, about the kids talking about how they view their mothers and what their mothers really do. And uh, we, we can get in the habit of taking people for granted and we can get in the habit of not appreciating all of the sacrifices and things that are done for us. And we can, we can get used to just not honoring the gift that God has given us in the people that we are in relationship with. And so, as I said, I was looking up and trying to understand what is the perspective of women today? And what is the issues that they are dealing with uh, that are prevalent in our society. And, and here is what I came up with. The first thing that really struck me as I was searching around and trying to read blogs and, and women's perspectives. And I came up, uh, came to this conclusion that what, one of the issues we have in our society is what I called womanhood denied. Womanhood denied. And what I mean by that is that there seems to be a feeling uh, a perspective that women are somehow less than in our society. That there is a perspective that they are not valued, that they are not appreciated, and that there is some kind of um, uh, issue of inequality between how men and women are valued in our society. And the thing that was most heartbreaking for me as I was listening and hearing what women were saying is that a lot of women that are in the church feel the same way in the church that they do in the world. And, and to me, that is the first place that we have to start. We cannot have a vibrant relationship unless we value the person with whom we are in the relationship. So I wanted to start unpacking the issue of relationships and, and particularly the issue that we're celebrating today, motherhood and, and womanhood overall, by looking at how we frame our understanding of who women really are. And so I went right back to what I believe is the beginning. Let's go to the word and let's go to what the word of God says. And so this is my first point. Sisters, hear me. You are a full reflection of the image of a divine God. Here's what God says. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. 
God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Now, there's a couple things that I hope we know here, but I want to make sure I, I unpack it so that we're starting on level ground. First thing is that often when you see the Bible referred to man, it's often a reference to mankind, to humankind, to people to the culmination of God's creation that he made birds and sky and star. And at the end of creation, he said, let's do something different. And into this element of creation, and it's the only one that says it, I'm going to put our own image. The very image of divinity was breathed into humankind. And it was breathed into male and female equally. At the same time, before God multiplied people, before we took over the earth and subdued it, when we were first just a thought in God's mind, he said, let me stamp this creation with my own divine imprint. Now, it's very important that we look at that and understand that both male and female have the same exact uh, ability to reflect the glory of God because they were made in, 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 uh, in being, in essence, from God himself. There is no subservient nature. We have different roles. We have different abilities. We have different skills. But our value of people has to begin with the fact that God said each one, male and female, has the stamp of divinity from the beginning. Amen all by myself. Okay, so <laughs> let me try to put it this way since we're not really catching on. I'm saying that we live in a society where we are trained to value people by secondary or irrelevant issues. That we assign value and significance to people based on some random things. Some people we think are better because they are pretty. There you go. One honest brother. Amen. <laughs> Attractiveness is a big thing in our society. Uh, I, some people are assigned value because, you know, do yourself, do you like tall people better than short people? Do you like thin people better than thick people? Do you like intelligent people better than people that seem to be not so intelligent? Do we have certain ethnicities that we think are more valuable or more, more worthy than others? We got all kinds of stuff that we start ranking people and assigning value and worth to them based on these secondary issues that have nothing to do with the fact that they are stamped with the presence of divine and that is the entirety of their value before God. And we get it lost. We get it confused. I was, I was actually reading a study that says even in our professional careers... Do you realize that tall people tend to be managers and bosses? Because we think tall people must be better. It's a, it's, a, it's a sociological experiment. We assign values on all of these other issues, not the one that really matters. And we do it particularly, I believe, in a society with women. You know, who's stronger? Who, who maybe makes more money, though that's rapidly changing? Who has whatever attributes that we feel are dominant and we somehow place that a little bit higher on the totem pole than those who don't have those same characteristics? And that is the exact opposite of what the Word of God says. You can't get too much earlier than Genesis 1.26. 
From the beginning, he makes it very clear. And so what I'm offering is that as the story continues to unfold, God said, I need to have two manifestations of my being in order to capture the fullness of who I am. Brothers, let me break it down this way. Why is there a woman? Because we couldn't handle it by ourselves. That's pretty much the bottom line. He made Adam, Adam get out. Oh, you're not going to make it, brother. Let me, uh, let me come up with another way of making this happen. He knew it. And so he gave Adam Eve to give him the fullness to accomplish what God had in store for him. And he says, I put certain attributes, certain characteristics into this man, but he needs a woman that he may fully understand and appreciate the fullness of who his God is. And so I would argue that there are certain manifestations of God that we can only see or see primarily, not only, but primarily in men and certain ones that we see primarily in women. It's interesting that if if we look at that story where, where most of this theological view has gone wrong, we get to the fall, right? There was the serpent and the serpent deceived Eve. Though, by the way, the Bible says Adam was sitting right there, so I don't know why we completely blame Eve. But uh, Eve was deceived, and then they both get kicked out of Eden, and now they got responsibilities. They got consequences, which is true. There are consequences that God will assign to us based on our fallen actions and our sinful nature. But it doesn't change the essence of who we are. And so as God uh, puts man and woman outside of the Garden of Eden, he says, man, you're going to have to work. You're going to have to work the ground. You have to toil and sweat. And he says to the woman, you will now have to go through the pains of childbirth. That's going to be some of the consequences. And not only will you go through the births of child pains, but your children will be at odds, will be in conflict with the children of the serpent, which means there will be pain and toil that is felt, listen to this, not from the woman herself, but the pain she will feel through the generations that follow her. Now, I I want you to catch that because we don't talk about that. Here's what I think that that means. Here's what God did. I believe God put his impression of the burden of love for his children primarily in women. I would guarantee every woman in here, if you could give your life for your child, how long would it take you to make that decision? In a second. It's a second. We, they do it in a second. It, it, would, it wouldn't even be a thought. Fellas, we might, well, I could make another one. <laughs> I mean, are we sure we need that one? We could, uh, Women would just go, though. It would just be in there. They, they, would, they would sacrifice themselves. And, and here's what I think we miss, is that what, what I think we, we don't see is that God was heartbroken when Adam and Eve left the garden. See, I think we think about it because this is the daddy side. Well, you messed up. Get up, get out my house. And you got to go. But there was also a part of God that we know was heartbroken because what he wants is to be reconciled to his children. What he wants is them close by. That's that's Jesus's whole mission is to bring those that are separated back into close proximity and intimate connection with God. And so I'm arguing, I'm submitting that what we see is that the, the pain that God felt, the burden for his children due to the separation would be manifested primarily in the unique gift of women that we get in this world. Women show what that looks like. 
Women give us a, a picture of God's burden and love and desire to bring those that are hurt and broken back to himself at any cost. What do I mean? Well, let, let's go back to the scripture. Let's go back to Psalm 103. And, and this is part of the reason why I was led to the scripture. Look, look at what it says at the beginning. It said, when we started at the, uh, verse number one, uh, actually, I'm going to jump to verse number eight first. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse and he will not harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. Now, I'm going to ask you, does that sound more like brothers or sisters? <laughs> Who does that really sound like? Slow to anger, abounding in love, desiring that everything that separates us would be moved away so that we could be in relationship. I know in my household, that sounds much more like my wife than it does sound like me. And thank God that she brings that into the environment. She is the source by which I was sharing with the uh, early service that, you know, men, and I think it's part of what we do. This is part of God's nature, that we establish boundaries. We, we, we tend to set the rules. We tend to enforce the consequences. Your curfew was 12 o'clock. It's 12.02. We got a problem. And that doesn't mean that women don't do that. They certainly, and sometimes, particularly single mothers, we, they will morph and, and they will live into those areas. But what I'm arguing is that part of the nature, the way God has wired them, is that their primary concern is that the relationship be reestablished and that there be wholeness and peace and harmony and that nothing would separate them from feeling the love. And I think that is a gift from God. I think it's a perfect reflection. So this is what I want to say, that women are a reflection of the deep, undying, passionate compassion of God that we just don't typically get manifested as clearly in men. And that is something divine. That is something holy. That is something righteous. That is something that is worthy of honor and praise. Now, let me keep going on in the scripture because look, look at what it says. I want us to see that he continues to talk about the nature, uh, the nature of uh, God. So this is, this is God who he's talking about, but listen to what he says. He says, who forgives all your sins, who heals all your diseases, who redeems you from the pit, who crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desire with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Again, I think we could have put who and said she for every one of those lines. That's the heart of women. That's the heart of the reflection of God. And I think it's particularly seen in the heart of mothers. Mothers are the first teachers. Mothers are the, are the first nurturers. Mothers are the one who provide the environment for the child to know that there is a deep abiding unconditional love that will follow them all the days of their life. That sounds like God and we see it in the gift of women that he's provided. Brothers, we should be so grateful. We should be so thankful 
for our mothers and sisters and big mamas and aunties who manifest this unconditional love of God when we were far away and didn't deserve it and every brother we know would have kicked us out and had us kicking rocks down the street. A woman came and was kind and compassionate and was our healing balm and reminded us and showed us what the love of God looks like. And so it's such a gift. It's such a gift that we see in women and particularly in mothers. And so I felt like I'm a little bit unqualified to really speak to that too deeply. I think I can understand it, but what I, what I wanted to do is I wanted to give voice from women who could really share some of that experience. And so I asked two of our sisters from our congregation. One is um, Sister Dawn, who is, who is relatively new to our congregation. Some of you may not know her, but she has a wonderful testimony, a wonderful story to share. And the other one is the best mother I know, my wife. Amen. Um, and so I'm going to ask them to come up. Would you welcome them as they come up just to share for a few moments about a reflection of motherhood? So I first just wanted to give you both an opportunity just to speak about um, motherhood and womanhood, motherhood, uh, the journey that you have been on and how you have seen God show his love and uh, how you feel like motherhood is, has been or motherhood or, or womanhood has, has shaped your expression of the love of God in your life. Uh, first, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, start from the beginning, which is my grandmother. I was raised by my grandmother, and yes, I had a, the full experience of having a big mama um, who showered not just me, but all of my um, siblings and nieces and nephews. We were, you know, She raised several of us in addition to her own five. And um, I thought for years that I was the special one. Um, Probably everybody felt like they were the special one, but I thought I was a special one because I just, I was glued to her. I just loved her and I knew that she loved me unconditionally. And so it was just such a blessing um, just to, 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 to be in the presence of a woman who showered that much love um, in my life. Okay. How did that play out in, you know, in your own journey as a woman and mother? Well, definitely, um, certainly, um, you know, I've had... Uh, a 30-year career and traveled around the world and I've done all these things and had all these blessings but truly I believe that um, the calling on my life is truly to be a mother and the mother that I am is not because I'm anything special but it's truly because God has God's love pours through me um, and therefore pours out to my children and my grandchildren and family members and it's just such a joy and it's such a blessing, you know, to, to be a woman and juggle all these different balls in life. That is the one area in my life that brings me the most joy, in addition to you, honey. But, but, that, but, but truly, that that is that is my ministry and that is my calling. Amen. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, let me first also say happy Father's Day to all the single fathers out there. Sometimes I think they get missed. Mm-hmm. So I want to acknowledge all the single fathers. 
Um, like you, I grew up in a, a family of love. My mother was amazingly loving and giving. At one point, um, she would take anyone who wanted to come and stay with us, she would allow them to come and stay with us. So I grew up amongst my cousins and aunts and uncles. And at one point, even though we lived in the valley, we had about 14 people living under one roof. And so when I was um, asked to um, raise my cousin, uh, I said yes. My cousin was in foster care. She had been in 19 foster homes, and a judge called me to see if I knew who she was and if I would be interested in allowing her to come with me. And I thought it was for the weekend. And I said, absolutely, because we had just baked cookies that Christmas. Um, and she came, and... Um, I had no idea that God had prepared me in the way that he had. So my daughter walks with a different vibration. She has a mental health challenge. And it has taught me so much. And I think as a mother, you grow up with this kind of, whether they come to you or through you, you grow up believing that your children are going to do something. They're going to go to private school and Harvard and then marry, you know, their high school sweetheart and start that business and then take you in or just help you out. And, um, and when you have a child with special needs, you redefine what that looks like. And so what I've learned is that God has given me the grace of education to educate people on how to shine God's light, how to love people who are different even when they're in your own family, church family or biological family. And as I've gotten older, God has also given me kind of the grace and the peace and the knowledge of loving my mother who used to be uh, clear in thought and brilliant and humorous and funny. And now she is not so clear in thought and she has episodes of, brilliance and humor, and so I sit in the middle between two individuals with a brain disorder, and, um, and God challenged me every day to find peace in the midst of chaos, to find love in the midst of confusion, to advocate in the midst of ignorance or complication, and to help other women who look like me, who sit in my seat, and we quietly suffer because of the stigma to say that we are out here, we hear you, and we speak truth to power, and we stand up for you. So I, um, I am always encouraged when I stand next to powerful women whose love in, in, um, infuses me with God's light so that I can be a better mother to my daughter and change my expectations and redefine what normal looks like and then help other people do the same. shared uh, in the first service, one of the reasons that Dawn's story in particular grabbed me is that there is there's a different kind of love required, uh, a different understanding of what success is when, when you have a child with some special needs. And I couldn't help but think, to God, don't we all look like children with special needs? <laughs> we all got our own quirky issues. And 
and the way God's love can expand and stretch and bow down and lift up with his dysfunctional children is expressed so perfectly in the way a mother will love at all costs. Um, last thing I wanted to share, and this, this kind of gets back to the point that I said, is, is I, think, I think I want to encourage and challenge all of my sisters here to officially declare you are turning off the narrative of your value and worth that comes from any source besides God. That you are wonderfully and beautifully made. That God has declared you are the apple of his eye and there is nothing you could do that would make him love you one iota more. You are a glorious reflection of God's incredible love for you. And so, so here's what I want to do. And this is really, again, for all of, all of our sisters, but I, I want these two to start us off. What I want us to do, because I think, sisters, we, 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 you all can get so caught up in believing the narratives of other fallen people about you, that you're not pretty enough, you're not talented enough, you're not skinny enough, you're not tall enough, you're not accomplished enough, that we spend all of our time taking in these false narratives that we can no longer hear the sweet voice of God saying, I love you deeper and wider and further than you can imagine just the way you are. And so here's what I want all of our sisters to do, and I'm going to ask these two to start us off. Would you give me a word or two that would define the love that you have received from God and from a mother figure, a mother, a female, auntie, cousin, someone who poured into you, what was the love you have received that helped you ground your value as a woman? And how would the people that you pour into see you as a gift? How would they use, how would they, what word would they use to describe the gift that you are to them? Um, I would say that the gift that my mother gave me is uh, self-love and acceptance. So love who you are and how you are. And I think that um, what people who know me would say about me, and this morning I said a couple different things, and I asked, I was like, at the break, I was like, what would you say? Um, And I think people would say I leave um, advocacy, I'm a fierce advocate, uh, encouragement, uh, compassion, and joy. Amen. That was more than two, more than two words, but I'm a, <laughs> some others I'm going to give you a pass. You know, I just going back to my grandmother, um, you know, there were a lot of people that relied on my grandmother. She, she, she sincerely was the, um, she was everything to our family. And with that being said, you know, people were always asking and she was always giving and giving and giving. And she would just respond with, just thank God I'm able. So that sticks with me also today that, you know, again, when you've got, when you're surrounded by a village, that, that resonates with me all the time. And, you know, instead of complaining about it or giving uh, away bitterness, just to thank God that I'm able, rather if it's just serving a meal or giving a hug. Um, I know that's more than one word also. So just... Thank God I'm able, and he's given me the strength to be able. Amen. Well, we thank the ladies for joining us this morning. Thank you. 
my hope was that in, in the stories that we heard from these two women that you got a glimpse of someone that, that you can be grateful for. Uh, not all of our mothers are biological. Uh, we have spiritual mothers. We got spiritual aunties and spiritual cousins. We've got those that have filled in the gap and loved and nurtured us and reminded us that we are special and shown us the very face of God in doing it, whether they use the words or just let their actions demonstrate it. So my prayer is that we can all take a moment and be grateful today. Young people, this is a day to be grateful. None of our mothers are perfect. None of the women in our lives are perfect, but they are gifts from a perfect God. And they have the fingerprint of a perfect love that shines through them. And so I just wanted us to, to take a moment and, and to be reminded of the incredible love of God that will never give up on us, that will never turn his back on us, that will never say that we messed up so bad, that incredible undying love that comes only from God but we see it in the face of the women who love us. Last thing I want to say, there is a verse in Isaiah and Isaiah is talking about this glorious day of the Lord that is coming back. And he's talking about Jerusalem and the splendor of Jerusalem and all these wonderful things that will be fulfilled. And he makes this statement. He says... The Lord delights in you. But can I tell you, he's not talking about the city. He's not talking about the building. He's talking about the people. He's talking about the people who are living their lives and each and every day allowing the love of God to flow through them. Anytime we allow the spirit of Christ, the presence of Christ, the mind of Christ to be manifested in how we love and treat another person, we have just allowed the kingdom to come in and the spirit of God to shine through our lives. And God rejoices when we do it. And so sisters, I just want to thank you for being a gift of God. I want to thank you for your forgiveness for your long suffering, for your patience, for your compassion and mercy. And on behalf of all the brothers, we need it. We are so grateful God made you just the way you are. We are incomplete without your love. And so we celebrate in you. We celebrate you and we, we make the same statement that the Lord makes that not only does the Lord delight in you, but we delight in you. And so for every woman that is in this place today, we want to give you this little tote bag to take with you as a reminder when the world is telling you lies, when circumstances are challenging, when you feel like you are alone and uncared for, I want you to pull this bag out and remember Every time I allow the light of the Lord to shine through me, he is delighted.
Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, in this place today, there are our sisters who don't know how valuable they are. God, they've been told lies by the enemy. They've been deceived, Father. Some of them have even been hurt and abused. But you are the healer. You are the restorer. You are the redeemer. You are the lifter of our heads and the one who mends the brokenhearted. So God, pour out a double portion of blessing on those in this place who are hurting today, God. I want to lift up a special prayer again for those women for whom this is a difficult day, God. For those women that are dealing with grief and sorrow and loss, for those who are maybe estranged from their children, God, for those whose mothers have gone on to glory and, and Father, even those whose children may have died ahead of them. God, for all the brokenness and hurt that we have in our relationships, allow these women to know that they are under the protection of an almighty God, that you have seen them and that your love for them knows no end. God, be the lifter of their head and may they rejoice that you have made them you have kept them, you sustain them, and that you are delighted in them and long to bring them home. God, I pray that everyone within the sound of my voice takes a little bit of time to see the reflection of your love in our mothers and grandmothers and sisters and aunties, and we give the ultimate praise to you that your love has shown up in the women in our life be glorified, be exalted, and be praised. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Can we give our women a hand again? Thank you for joining us for this installment of Renewing Your Mind, a web-based ministry of South Bay Community Church, located at 47385 Warm Springs Boulevard, Fremont, California. We can be found on the web at www.sobcc.org. We'd like to take a moment to invite you to come and join us in person for one of our dynamic Sunday morning worship services. Services begin at 8 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. each Sunday, and we would be so blessed to have you come worship with us. We'd also love to hear from you a word about how this ministry is helping you renew your mind for the glory of Jesus Christ. So please contact us, and we pray God's blessings over you the rest of this day. God bless.